Well, it's good to be uh, together uh, this morning. Uh, it's great to have you here. If you have, if you have your Bibles open uh, or didn't have a chance to, open them up to Psalm 8. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about uh, today. There's plenty of Bibles under the seat, so we want you to have that open. As, as we're going through this today, you're going to want to have your Bible uh, open in front of you. And uh, what I want to do is, um, I just want to read that first line really slowly again. So if you could just follow along with that. Psalm 8, verse 1. Psalm 8, verse 1. If you're there, say, I am there. All right. 86% of you are there, it looks like. All right. Psalm 8. Just take a deep breath and let's just listen to this one more time. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Just stop and think for a second. Let's just pause here for a second. Just stop and think. How majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. As we get started here this morning, and it's going to be a busy day with lots of stuff going on, I really feel that, that God wants to say a lot of things to us this morning, and, and I think that right off the bat here before we get started, uh, I just we're going to be talking a lot about God's glory and His creation today and just how awesome He is, and uh, I, just, I just feel like God wants to say to all of us this morning that He is more than we could ever imagine. Like, just... Breathe that in for a second. God wants you to know how incredible he is. <laughs> God is awesome and amazing, and he's more than you could ever ask or imagine this morning. Just breathe that in for something, that, that, that for a second, God, God brings us great joy and peace. And as we're going to talk about this morning, he is majestic and glorious and uh, something I hope that you've discovered as you're reading through the Psalms this year is what we're reading and teaching on this summer at Hope as we're reading through the Bible. Uh, last week we started uh, this series called uh, Songs for the Summer. And, and I, I pray that as you've been reading uh, through the Psalms, you can. The scriptures are on the back of your bulletin every week. They're also online on our website. As we've been talking about, the goal is not just to get through it, but I pray that, and we do this today and in your own personal readings, I pray that we would really let those words rest on us, that we would really digest them. The Psalms are not something that you do a speed read through, because God will do that. Uh, something, it's not a speed read, but I just really pray that, that, that we would take our time through them and just let those words rest and fall upon our hearts this morning. And so as we begin uh, today, let's just ask uh, that God and that he would come and that he would make Psalm 8 come alive for us and that we would just be centered before him and, and let's just breathe uh, God's spirit in uh, right now. So would you pray with me? God, we thank you that you're here this morning, that you are awesome, that you are incredible, that you've gathered us here for a purpose, that it's not a mistake that we're here this morning and that you have a specific word uh, to say to each of us today. So God, we, we focus in on you right now. God, we know that there's lots of things on our hearts and minds this morning as we come in here from all different walks of life, all different things going on from our weeks. But God, we pause right now 
We pray that the, Holy, the power of your Holy Spirit would come. That you would speak to us this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Psalms. Well, be with us today. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, as I said, last week we began this series on the Psalms, and I, I want to follow up just a little bit on last week. I was, uh, last week we talked a little bit about how our lives are roller coasters and how the Psalms really speak to that, to the, the lifestyle that we sometimes live, is that we have days that are up and we have days that are down, and life's kind of like that. And I was, I was reminded once again this week how the Psalms really speak to that reality of our lives where there's things up and down and joys and pains, and there's this high and low rhythm to life, and sometimes, uh, and that's really what the Psalms speak to is that rhythm of life. And, and I don't know where you're at this morning, but, but that is true for all of us. We've all been there at different times. And I was doing some reading this week, and uh, I was reminded the author Simon Wheel once wrote this, and I think it really speaks to where we're at in the Psalms. He wrote, There are two things that pierce the human heart, beauty and affliction. Let me say that again. There are two things that pierce the human heart, beauty and affliction. And it seems like our days are so often filled with both. And it turns out that the Psalms are arranged in a way that they really go back and forth between beauty and affliction. If you flip through the first 10 Psalms or so, which we've been working through this past week, you're going to find there is absolutely no rhyme or rhythm to it. (laughs) It's not like there's five Psalms in a row that are just all happy. It's either suffering and everything's horrible or God, you are awesome and incredible and life is amazing. And so there's not really a rhyme or reason to it, and it really speaks to those two things that move the human heart very deeply, beauty and affliction. And so we have in today, in Psalm 8 that you have in front of you there, a psalm that's pretty easy to relate to. It's one of those high moments. We're praising God for who he is, that he's glorious, that he's majestic. And I think this time of year, during the summer, it's really easy to read the psalms because it really speaks to our lives and what we're seeing and the beauty of God's creation, everything that surrounds us. And uh, this past week, I experienced this. I was, I was out on uh, our back deck uh, with some of my friends, and we were out there. And you know, you just have those moments in summer where you're just out there, and you're just soaking it in, and the sun's coming through the trees, and your grass is mowed, and, and we were grilling out, and so I've got my chicken kebab on the grill, and I'm sitting there in my patio chair, and my feet are up, you know. And it's just one of those moments you're like, wow, I just wish I could just freeze this moment. I wish it could be 75 and sunny every day. I guess you could move to Florida or something. But for Iowa, this is great. And so I'm sitting on on my patio, and uh, so my friends and I have this great idea. Well, since we're out here, we're waiting for the meat to grill, uh, what could we do that we've never done before? And so one of my my roommates, he had just bought some plastic golf balls. These are things you can only do in the summer. So we got some plastic golf balls, and so I go get my golf clubs from the basement. And I love making up golf courses in random places, not on golf courses, okay? So just bear with me for a second. So we have this big backyard at my house, and so what we do is we line up and we aim, not away from the house, no, towards the house. And so we're all lined up there with our golf clubs, and we have these plastic golf balls, and we're aiming at the house. And it's just really fun because we can hit the windows and hit the house, and nothing's happening because they're plastic golf balls. It's just the simple pleasures of life, you know, joys of summer. You might think I'm weird, but this is incredible. I'm enjoying this. And so then we're like, okay, we're going to take it to the next level. Not only are we going to hit them at the house, 
But we opened our back patio door that walks out to the deck. And so we're lining up, and the goal is to try to hit them from halfway across the yard into the house, these plastic golf balls. And it was like, we, like our neighbors were out on their deck, and they're like watching us like, whoa, it's the weird pastor dude again, you know, doing strange things in the backyard. And we're hitting these plastic golf balls through the yard and into the house, and I actually landed one on our, on our oven, on our stove, just on the fly. It was really cool. So... Strange things like that, but it's the simple joys of life, the, sim- the, the simple things that, that, that show us God's beauty and, and, and simple joys that we can have. And, and uh, it was that uh, during that time that I just really felt wrapped up in something bigger than myself. It wasn't about necessarily what we were doing, but do you ever have those moments that are just filled with so much joy? Uh, just simple things in life? And I think the Psalms really speak to that. And, and, and I was just sitting there and I was just thinking, wow, God, you really outdid yourself today. <laughs> and in some strange way, it just kind of feels like God's just loving on, a, loving on us. You know, it's not like you maybe necessarily ever hear his voice audibly, but you're just sitting there in the beauty of his creation and you're just like, wow, thank you, God. Like, you're loving us, you're blessing us, you're giving us so much joy. And it was something to be thankful for. And so, that was a few days ago. And then, if you remember, there was Monday. I want to talk about roller coasters of emotions in life. There was Monday, and Monday, and remember, there's times of beauty, and there's times of affliction. And I kind of feel silly complaining about these sorts of things, not really things to complain about. But I wake up with this killer headache on Monday, the kind that just, you know, when you have a headache, you just don't want to do anything and you just want to lay around. So I have this killer headache and I'm kind of sick and achy and, you know, it's kind of rainy and gloomy and dark outside. And, and throughout the day, to top it all off, throughout the day, I get these three phone calls from some friends and one of them's just going through some really heavy stuff. And you know, when somebody that you're close to is going through something painful, you kind of take that burden upon yourself and you kind of feel that weight. And, and then another phone call, it just didn't, go real smoothly and you ever have those moments where even the people you love the most you just feel like you're missing each other like this day like nothing can go right and everything they say and everything you say it's just like we're just missing each other and it's just not working and uh had a couple of those phone calls and and you ever been there you ever had one of those days and you're just like god what is going on i don't i don't get it like how can you have a day like that and then the Mondays in our life show up. And we've all been there. But the thing is that sometimes Monday is something much bigger, isn't it? We all have those Mondays in our lives, those times where we just think, you know what? I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Beauty and affliction. Maybe you've never thought about it in that way, but our heart feels both of them very deeply, just as it did for David in the Psalms. And so if you flip back to Psalm 7, flip back to Psalm 7, right before Psalm 8, conveniently for you, we find that David's life isn't hunky-dory all the time either. We find that David's life isn't exactly painless. Listen to some of this from Psalm 7. God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from my enemies. 
They're pursuing me. They want to kill me. (laughs) David had a case of the Mondays, too. And in a much deeper sense than I've had. But David's asking the same thing. God, where are you? Where are you on the Mondays? The dark and cloudy and gloomy days of our lives. We've all been there right in the middle of the storms of our life. Much like last night, except they're much bigger and much more real. And they pierce your heart. And right in the middle of those storms, we find ourselves asking those tough questions. But then we know that God shows up in many unexpected ways. In college, uh, some friends and I went to a large worship gathering in Texas. And if you've ever been to Texas and see these big cattle farms that they have, they just go on forever. And you look, and the sky is just big. Everything's bigger in Texas, you know. And the sky just goes on forever. And so we drove out in a 15-passenger van, and it's on this huge cattle ranch in Texas, and this has been turned into this massive campsite, okay? They're expecting 30,000 college students, okay? So it's kind of like a, a Christian Woodstock or something like that, if you can imagine that. Um, and so there's, they're going to have speakers and worship, and it's just turned into this big, huge campsite uh, for the next day. And so we arrived the night before. And so we found this nice campsite area uh, on top of a hill, which later we found out was not very smart. And so we camp out on top of this hill with 30,000 other college students, and it's just this beautiful Texas day, and everything's going great. And eventually we go to bed, and that's when the madness Began. That's when the storm began. Only the next day that we realized that what we made it through was one of the worst storms in like 20 years in the history of Texas. It always starts with just a few little sprinkles. And then a few more sprinkles. And then it starts to rain. And then it starts to pour. And kind of like last night, it feels like your roof is going to cave in because it's raining so hard. And so I find myself... Uh, in this little tent with my friend Daniel and we're holding on for dear life and the rain's coming down and then the winds are coming and, uh, and, and the lightning's coming and the thunder is coming and I'm like, whoa, that's getting really close and we're camping on top of a hill in the middle of nowhere. And uh, so one thing's kind of leading to another and I remember looking at my friend uh, Daniel who's in the tent with me and we're just drenched because our roof does not mean anything in the, anymore and the rain's just coming through and I'm covering my head and the tor- torpedoes of rain are just coming down through the roof and, and we're holding it down. So I've got one hand over my head and I've got one foot on my, uh, on the tent so it doesn't blow away. And I've got one, uh, hand on the, on the, the post of the tent so that it literally wouldn't fly away. And I remember looking at my friend Daniel in the midst of this storm and you don't think about it when you're in the midst of this. And I remember looking at Daniel and saying something to the effect of, you know what? Probably not this calm, but you know what? This feels like a very strange thing to say, but I think that we're going to die. And like, it was in all seriousness, like, I really think that we're going to die. And, and it was so loud and dark and windy and pretty soon people are screaming and the lightning is so close and, and it's so loud. And finally, after a few hours of this, you can hear people just start screaming and they're just running and they're dragging their whole tents behind them and running back to their vans, which is way far away, probably a mile away. And so we end up spending the night in our 15 passenger van and it's hot and it's smelly and it's stinky and smells like feet and chips and it's just gross and so just with with all of our friends not what we had expected and not till in the morning did we actually realize that lightning struck the hill two tenths down from us it was that 
close. But luckily, nobody was hurt. And so 12 hours later, flash forward, the next night, after all the madness was over and the ground had dried somewhat, I found myself worshiping under a clear night sky with 30,000 people underneath the stars. And I'm thinking back after everything that everybody's been through and the band starts to play a song that they had written weeks before, never could could imagine what had just taken place and they start singing this. Well, you should see the stars tonight, how they shimmer and shine so bright. Against the black, they look so white, coming down from such a height to reach me now. Well, you should see the moon in flight, cutting across a misty night, softly dancing in sunshine, reflections of this light. You reach me now. And you should feel the sun in the spring coming out after a rain. Suddenly all is green, sunshine on everything. Well, I can feel it now. I can feel you now. And how could such a thing shine its light on me and make everything beautiful again? And make everything beautiful again? A psalm of worship underneath the stars, speaking to beauty and affliction, all wrapped up into 24 hours, knit so closely together. I was reminded that sometimes even when the storms of our life seem unbearable, there's a peace and a beauty from God that's on the other side of that that can speak to it like nothing else. Sometimes only beauty can speak to the deep pain and affliction that we feel, speaking to them with a deeper power. Because from Psalm 7 and some of the storms of David's life, we move into Psalm 8 for today. And can you just picture it? Can you just picture David? He's killed some lions, he's killed some bears, he's got wounds all over him. He's a warrior and he's sitting up on the mountaintop. And I can just picture young David sitting on the hillside outside of Bethlehem, gazing up at the moon and the stars, his heart filled with the wonder of it all. And out comes Psalm 8. So let's read this together. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. You see, David knew that deep pain, that suffering that we read about so often in the Psalms, the struggles that he's surrounded with. But in Psalm 8, David speaks to a truth that's deeper yet. And that's the beauty and the majesty of God. Right in the midst of a psalm of desperation and confusion and suffering, the very next psalm we hear this. When I consider the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars. David is speaking to that deep place inside every single one of us that longs to cry out in worship. 
regardless of our pain, regardless of whatever you're going through in your life, we all have that deep knowledge inside of us that knows that there's something, in fact, someone, that's much bigger and holier than us, something that created all of this. And theologians and philosophers would call that something, they would call that the idea of transcendence, something much bigger than us. And for Psalm 8 and for David, it's God. And so Psalm 8 speaks to God as one who is majestic, one who is glorious, one who is totally holy and totally other than us, more than we could ever imagine, a glory that fills the earth. And we know that that glory and that wonder and that majesty that God has is everywhere. We can see it in nature. We see it in the starry sky, in the lives of plants and animals. One of my favorite authors, Brennan Manning, wrote, Creation discloses a power that baffles our minds. We are enamored and enchanted by God's power. We tremble before God's majesty. When is the last time that you stopped and considered the beauty of God? When is the last time that you just stopped and thought to yourself about the majesty and the glory of God? Not just consider it like, oh, look, what a beautiful sunset that just happens to be there. Or maybe for you it's, oh, look, there's my beautiful wife. She looks great. Okay, moving on with life. That's not the kind of stopping and considering we're talking about. When's the last time you watched a sunset for more than 30 seconds? When's the last time that you stopped and looked at your wife as you were getting ready to leave for the night and just looked her in the eyes and said, Wow, you are so beautiful. Wow. Stop and think. Stop and consider. There's a mentor of mine that once warned me not to get so busy in life that I don't stop and think. Think about this much bigger story that we're living in because you and I, we can put our blinders on so easy and we get so caught up in these tunnels and these own little stories of our lives. We get wrapped up in our own stories and we forget that there's something much bigger going on here. Something that was here long before you and I were ever here. A beauty and a glory and a majesty to this universe that God created. And so what is it for you? What are those places of beauty for you that speak to your heart like nothing else? What are those places that you can go? What are those things that you can do that make you just stand in awe? Maybe it's the mountains. Maybe for you it is a sunset. Maybe it's that certain song that just speaks to you like nothing else. Maybe it's one you're just laughing so hard with friends or your kids that your stomach just hurts. We all have those moments in life. We all have those things in our lives that speak to us on a much deeper level. Because you know why? 
because they speak to us on the level of the heart. So much of our lives have become mechanical and scientific where we analyze everything and try to be so productive and we've got our planners in front of us and we've got our PDAs in front of us and we're trying to plan and organize and structure and program. But you know what? God cannot be programmed or structured or organized or fit into your PDA. He is way beyond our imaginations and that's what David's speaking to here in Psalm 8. To sum it up, to sum up Psalm 8 in a way that I think that we can all understand. Wow. 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 That's Psalm 8. David turns his thoughts to God and puts the grandness of God in perspective. Doing some research this week about our universe, and I wanted to share some of it with you. First, I read about uh, Frank Borman, and he was the commander of Apollo 8. And it's so hard for us to, to fully encompass what this thing is that we're spinning on thousands of miles an hour. And so they're up there in Apollo 8, and he had the thrill of looking down on Earth from 250,000 miles away. And so he radioed in this message, and him and the fellow astronauts took turns quoting Genesis 1, because it's all they could think about. And over and over, they would just say, as they're looking down, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it was good. And that's all they could say. Borman later explained, I had an enormous feeling that there had to be a power greater than any of us, that there was a God and that indeed there was a beginning. When's the last time you had an enormous feeling inside of you? Or has life just kind of become mediocre, normal, ordinary? I like what John Glenn said after his return from outer space 36 years later, to look out at that kind of a creation and not believe in God is impossible. It just strengthens my faith even more. You think about it, this universe that we're a part of, this world that we're a part of is incredible. Here's just a few fun facts for you. Did you know that the sun is 93 million miles from Earth, And if you boarded a jumbo jet today and traveled to the sun, your journey would take 21 years. On a clear night sky, your eyes can see between 2,000 and 3,000 stars in the sky. Our sun is over 2.5 million miles around its equator. And the Earth is 330,000 miles times smaller than the sun. And we think the world revolves around us. Now, a few facts for you animal lovers about our animal friends. Do you know that hummingbirds consume half of their weight in food daily? God knew what he was doing, and he didn't make us like that. Polar bears are capable of jumping as high as six feet and can run as fast as 25 miles an hour. A cow gives nearly 200,000 glasses of milk in their lifetime. 
That's a lot of milk. Fleas, I like this one, fleas can jump 130 times higher than their own height. Isn't that incredible? God has a sense of humor. Alligators, giraffes, the rainforests. I mean, have you seen some of the birds? There's these birds that the neighbors have next to me, and they just make these strange sounds like, what was God thinking? Like, did he have a bad day or something? I don't think so. God, God's kind of crazy. He's got a sense of humor. And out of his love and the joy that just exudes from him, he gives us this world and he gives us this universe. Where's God's majesty that David's speaking about seen? Everywhere. It's everywhere you look in the big things of the universe, in the small things, in sitting on your porch and grilling out or looking at your beautiful wife. It's in the big things and it's in the small things. And God does this. And as God does this, and as David's reflecting on this in Psalm 8, David realized how small the earth really is. In the second half of Psalm 8, David realizes that he and all of us are just a speck upon this tiny earth, an earth that is vast, and this universe that God has made. And so David poses a very natural question that I think a lot of us would ask. And he's looking up, and he says, God, who, who are we? Who, who is man that you are mindful of him? Essentially, God, so all of that, okay, the hummingbirds and the polar bears and the millions of miles and the huge sun and we're just the tiny speck, why would you care about us? Why do you care about me, little old me that lives on this world that is a bit just speck of dust in this incredible universe? Yes, we are just a tiny, tiny, tiny part of this universe. But the most incredible thing that you need to know today is that God is more interested in you than he is the planets. God is more interested in souls than stars. God is more interested in us than he is the universe. It is inconceivable and totally other, this transcendent, holy God could also be totally intimate with every single one of us. That the God of the universe could know today exactly what you're feeling and thinking, exactly what you're going through right now. That God made you. He made your heart that the God of the universe could know you. But this is our God. We are created in his image. And as we read in verse 5, in Psalm 8 there in verse 5, we are crowned with glory and honor. Do you believe that about yourself? Do you believe that there's a glory to your life? This unique, divine identity that God has given you? Just stop and think. The same God that created the stars millions of miles away is the same God that created a heart that we sometimes doubt he understands. And if he can hold that in the palm of his hand, don't you think that you can trust him? 
God says to us here in Psalm 8, you are valuable because you exist. Not because of what you do or not because of anything that you have done or anything that you could accomplish for me. You are valuable and you are loved simply because of who you are because I created you. Now here's a verse from a very popular book in the Bible, which I'm sure many of you read this past week. Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Do you believe that? Don't just say, oh yeah, I believe it. God says it. Yeah, I believe it. Do you believe, do you really believe that? Do you believe that God rejoices over you? Do you believe that God delights in you? Some of you say, oh yeah, 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 I got that. Yeah, God loves me, of course. He has to, right? Of course he loves me. He is madly in love with you, and he delights in you. And some of you really need to let that soak in. I think it's really easy just to kind of push aside the fact that, yeah, of course God loves me. I've heard that. I get that. Of course, he's God. But do you know that he delights in you? Do you know that he's proud of you today? This is not the message that a lot of us have been told in our lives, but it's the message of Psalm 8 that speaks to us this morning. For a lot of you, this is not the message that you've been told. Your identity today, who you are, your personality, who you are as a person, is not shaped by the God that created you, and it's more so shaped by the wounds of your past or the person that you're so desperately trying to be today so that you can prove yourself to someone or something. The reason that we're called to stand in awe of God is because when we know who God is and we listen to his heart for us, that's when we understand who we are. That's identity. When we let God define our identity, our role in this world, our lives become less about running around and trying to find that validation from other people, trying to look for our identity in our jobs or in our relationships or other things, running around and trying to be all things for all people. And it becomes more about shedding all those layers of everything that we're not so that we can see who God says we already are. That's the beauty of God's creation. He created you, you are valuable, and you are loved right where you are today. David reminds us here in Psalm 8 that we are the crown of creation, crowned with glory and honor. That's a far cry from your identity being a disappointment, unlovable, useless, a failure, a mistake, weak, abandoned. You ever heard those said about yourself? Try this instead. Chosen. Glorious. Honorable. 
beautiful, powerful, mighty, strong, forgiven, loved. You see, it's only in light of who God is that we discover who we truly are. When's the last time you stopped and considered like David? I pray that you'll take time for that this summer to listen and to take in God's gifts and love and beauty all around you. And as you're basking in the sun and kicking up your feet and enjoying the summer, don't get so busy and don't get so crazy that you never stop and ask, God, who do you say that I am? And let that define your life. Not what I've been told, not what the world tells me I am. God, who am I to you? And I challenge you to sit in that for a while. Let him speak. Because he has words to speak today that are specifically for you. God has something to say to you today. I'm so thankful for Psalm 8 because it speaks to two vital questions that we all ask. God, who are you and who does that make me? The more we discover about these two questions, the more we're going to find our role in this great big story, in this great big universe that he's created. Challenge you that with that this week. Ask God, who are you and who does that make me? And you might be surprised at what you hear.